Hey everyone, this is John Sisson, NAIA Men's Basketball Coach and Executive Director of the Manny Pacquiao Foundation, and you're listening to another episode of Water Break. Today I join the guys to talk about the resurgence of boxing. I'll share my journey from being a casual boxing fan to overseeing a charity foundation for one of the greatest boxers of this generation. Later in the show, I'll discuss with Ryan and Terrell some of the best boxing comebacks. For more exciting sports content, you should continue listening to the Water Break Podcast. Let's get it started. Hey everyone, my name is Ryan Cavan, and I'm here with my co-host, Terrell Thorogood. What's up, everybody? We want to welcome you to Water Break. Here on our show, we are going to have conversations with each other, as well as with a variety of other guests who are just as involved and as passionate about sports as we are. From professional athletes, to coaches, to college players trying to make it big, to the high school athlete trying to earn that scholarship, and everyone in between. Whether you're a coach, player, or just a fan, we are here to have unique dialogue and perspectives on topics we have thought about, talked about, and are now excited to bring to you. So be sure to stick around, hit that subscribe button on whatever podcast app you're using right now, and get ready to relax and take a water break. Shout out to our affiliates here at Thrive Fantasy. The NFL season is less than one week away, and it's time to prop up on Thrive Fantasy this season. Thrive Fantasy is a daily sports fantasy app for player props. They've eliminated the need to do countless hours of research because they only ask you about the top tier athletes in a respective sport. Each prop has a fantasy point total associated with the over or under based on its likelihood to occur. The more points its selection is, the riskier it is. Rack up the most points to win a share of the prize pool. Thrive Fantasy has awarded over $1.3 million in prizes since launching in 2018. Use the promo code WATERBREAKPOD when you sign up today to receive an instant $20 bonus on your first deposit of 20 or more. Once again, use the promo code WATERBREAK, W-A-T-E-R-B-R-E-A-K-P-O-D when you sign up today to get a $20 bonus on your first deposit of $20 or more. Download the Thrive Fantasy app today on the App Store or on the Play Store, by, or by visiting their website, www.thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and prop up today. All right, let's get back to the show. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Water Break, and we have another great interview for you today, don't we, T? We got a fantastic interview for everyone today. We're talking uh, boxing. We're talking a little boxing today. Yeah, this is, uh, we're going a little bit different. We've kind of almost stuck to the three major sports football, basketball, baseball, and now we're doing a little bit of boxing today, which is going to be fun and, and unique. Well, we did do skating. I forgot we, about skating. Yeah, we did. We did um, skating. But for the most part, we've stuck to those three, and so we're venturing out a little bit here and uh, going to talk some boxing. So intro our guest for us today, T. Well, joining us on the show today, we have a former uh, CIF high school basketball coach and NAIA men's, bas- men's college basketball coach as well. And he's now the executive director of the Manny Pacquiao Foundation. Um, they have helped over 500,000 people. You heard that right. 500,000. 500,000 people. Please welcome to the show our guest for today, John Sisson. What's going on, John? Hey, what's up, guys? Thanks for having me on. Yes, we are. We're pumped to have you on. And, and John, I've known you s- since college. He worked at the college and coached at the college that I, uh, that I went to. But, T, you've... Uh, you guys have known each other way back when. Yeah, I've known John probably since uh, when I was maybe 13, 14 years old, something like that. So probably the last 15 years or so I've known John. And uh, John and I, we're, we're really good friends. And uh, I'm excited to talk boxing. I, I uh, called you, hit you up probably a couple months ago. I was like, hey, you want to come on, talk some boxing? <laughs> He's like, um, I don't know if I'm qualified, but no, I knew he was, he was qualified. He's a, he's the one that got me into boxing and then I kind of got Ryan into boxing. So that's right. That's so because we, of you, your influence, awesome. yeah, I don't know how much I know about the ins and outs of boxing, but, um, I sure enjoy watching it. Yeah. Well, we're going to jump right into it. So we're going to start off with a little rapid fire and we have not given you these rapid fire questions yet. Uh-oh. And, and, uh, we don't want you to be nervous. So we're going to run through these real quick. And the first thing that comes to your mind, just just let us know, all right? There's no wrong answer. Um, well, we may laugh at you <laughs> because it's it's a dumb answer, but it's not a wrong answer. There's no wrong answer. All right, first question: favorite type of food? I'm a pizza guy. 
Pizza. Which which chain? Which spot? Pizza Hut, Domino's, Papa John's. I pretty much eat anything. Um, BJ's Pizza is probably my favorite. Really? Yeah, I, I love didn't. that. Deep you like dish. that deep dish? Yes. I li- I like thin crust. I'm more of a thin crust guy. I'm more I can go a- thin crust too. I mean, okay. I like it all. So I'm you're not gonna be picky with pizza? Not at all. I'm a Seven no. Eleven pizza. <laughs> Stop it. Seven <laughs> Eleven pizza is underrated. Seven Eleven has really good taquitos. Yes, torpedoes. Oh, they don't call them taquitos. <laughs> okay. They're torpedoes. Whatever they are, they look like taquitos, and they're pretty awesome. <laughs> they are very good. I don't know why they. And call you them get torpedoes. like ten of them for like twenty cents. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they are great. All right, here we go. Uh, favorite late night restaurant: Denny's or IHOP? I think Danny's. Yeah. Yeah. Danny's is the way to go. Coming like, from right. a Lancaster guy right there. He's <laughs> yeah, lived exactly. in Lancaster for a while. You got to go with Denny's there. Favorite winter Olympic sport? Probably snowboarding. Yeah. yeah. Sean White. I like watching snowboarding. That's pretty fun. All right. Here we go. Um, best sports movie. That's a pretty easy one. Remember the Titans. There we go. That is every guest has said. Well, not has said the same one. They might have said something different, but then they changed it. They could so go back. It's, uh, it's gone back to. As a side note, when Disney Plus came out, you know, I think I was more excited about getting to watch Remember the Titans for free because they've never put it on any other platform. I don't think. No, for free yeah. at least no. it just goes on TV every once in a while, and you have to watch. Yeah, you have to forward all the, all the commercials and stuff like that. So I was pretty pumped about that. That's a good yeah. movie. Remember the Titans is a fantastic movie. Uh, favorite athlete? Who's your favorite athlete? Uh, uh, Manny's number one. Other than Manny, <laughs> we're gonna go with that. Who's your favorite athlete? I'd, I'd have to go with Jordan. Really? Yeah. I remember as a five, six, seven-year-old, always watching him play. So, yeah. And you know, you're I followed him his whole career. You're a Mavericks fan. I am a Mavericks fan. So I, I'm a huge Dirk fan. He'd and probably Luca be top now. three, and then yeah, Luca. He is. Yeah. He but, is but Jordan is my all-time favorite. All right. Other than Manny. Other than Manny. <laughs> just just we, gotta, we just got to be really careful with what we say there. He'd understand. He's a big Jordan fan. Oh, okay, too, so. okay. Um, here we go. Favorite genre of music? Man, I like pretty much everything, but if I had to narrow it down to one, I mean, I like Christian and country. Those are okay. probably my two favorites, but country I listen music. to pretty much anything. What? <laughs> I guess you're... Kind of grew up in Oklahoma a little bit, so yeah. is that why yeah, country people music? People always is... ask, "How do you like country?" Didn't you grow yeah. up in the Philippines? The Philippines. Like, no, nope. we're not playing country music in the Philippines. <laughs> though. They're like, "What is this?" No. Um, here we go. Would you uh, Would you rather watch a comedy or a thriller? Man, you guys are hitting me with some tough ones. <laughs> um, probably a comedy. Yeah. Yeah. I thought you were gonna go thriller. I thought it wouldn't. It was a tough one. We'll but watch, I think. Uh, was it a quiet place? Yeah. Was it the watch? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was. It's the one. first time I watched that with with you. That is a great movie. Yeah. And the second one is supposed to come out next year because of COVID. Can't wait. It's gonna be a good one. Yeah. I mean, I guess it depends on what mood I'm in, but yeah, yeah. But overall, a comedy. Overall, probably comedy. We we normally narrow this last one down to two action stars, but I'm gonna open it to all of them. Who's your favorite action star? Mm. Normally we keep it to Stallone or Schwarzenegger, but of all of them, Cruz, Bruce Willis, The Rock, yeah, um, Kevin Hart. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? Hart? He was in Jumanji, well, right? I don't know. <laughs> he's yeah, got yeah. the new one, um, where he's like, he's a, he's a, trying to become an action star. Oh Hart yeah, yeah. On, on what what channel is that? It's the on the Q. A, or it's whatever. on his yeah, Q, QB or something. QB, yeah. QB or Tom Cruise is pretty awesome. Okay. Yeah. There we go. He'd probably be my top choice. But what about between Sylvester Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger? Sylvester Stallone. Yeah. No one said Arnold. Maybe we need to change that question. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it Arnold's comes down overrated. to which one can you understand better. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're both difficult to understand, but Arnold is definitely much more difficult to understand. Well, we want to jump in to uh, some questions here and uh, just kind of get to know you a little bit before we kind of fully jump into boxing and everything like that. But we, we already mentioned a little bit, you grew up kind of the upbringing in Oklahoma and the Philippines. Tell us a little bit about that dynamic. Yeah, so I was born in Oklahoma. My dad uh, taught, and he was a coach there for several years when I was growing up. It was cool. I always got to go to football and basketball practice with him. So I think that's kind of where my love for sports started. But um, then when I was 10 years old, my family moved to the Philippines as missionaries, and we were there in the southernmost part of the Philippines, an island called Mindanao, 
And so I lived there for eight years until I came back for college. And actually, my family's still there. Um, so I've, I still visit on a regular basis. And obviously, my job takes me over there a little more now. Um, but my family, my wife and I, um, Christine, have been in SoCal for the past 15 years and been married for 10 of those and have three little girls. So nine, six, and three. Awesome. And sports was kind of like everything you did. I mean, you were a coach, athletic director, college, high school, everything. So yeah, I'm, I'm a huge sports guy. So, and, and, and playing sports, you know, is talk about how the difference, you know, you grew up your teen years in the Philippines. Talk about like playing sports in the States versus playing overseas. Like what was it just like? Yeah, I was pretty devastated when we moved to the Philippines because I, I mean, starting from second grade, I was playing tackle football mm. at my school, you know, basketball, everything was pretty organized. Yeah. And so I, I was like, man, am I ever going to get to play organized sports again? And um, we moved to the Philippines and pretty quickly I, I figured out that they love the game of basketball. I mean, you go into the most impoverished, impoverished village and they've got a basketball court set up you know wow. it might not be <laughs> the dimensions it's supposed to be but yeah. hey it was there and they were out there playing and usually That's gambling so cool. on a game or something <laughs> like that um but man i love sports i would say when we got over there you know i really loved baseball football basketball those were the three main ones and we tried to teach some of my friends over there how to play baseball and football and you know it was fun for a while, but usually the the real rules kind of went out the window pretty quickly. And it's like, guys, yeah. you can't throw six forward passes <laughs> on one play. You know, you can only do that once. Um, so it was it was a little bit different. We ended up just mainly playing basketball. But I guess the biggest difference would be um, the toughness, mm -hmm. because you know you have your tough players on every team here and everything. But over there, I mean you hardly ever saw anyone that was soft because of their living condition. I mean, they were mentally tough and because a lot of them from a young age were working construction and working with concrete and stuff like that. So hmm. um, they were both mentally and physically tough. And so I, I think that is what helped me as a player because my dad was always making me play with older guys and stronger guys. And so I got pushed around quite a bit from 14 to 18, but um, I think it was really good for me. So that would that would be the thing that stood out to me the most is just the toughness. Yeah. So it made you, because you went to the Philippines and those sports weren't as prominent or whatever, it really made you focus on basketball solely um, when you moved there. What? How old were you when you moved there again? Ten. Ten years old. So do you think that really helped you as a basketball player to, at a young age like that, kind of really just focus on just basketball? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, when From the time I was ten years old, we'd – get up, eat breakfast, go to school, you know, we homeschooled. So we were done by one or two. And then the whole afternoon was spent playing basketball. So until it got dark, unless there were lights at the court we were playing at, I mean, that's, that's pretty much all we did. Um, and then we'd come home, eat dinner. And, you know, my brother and I, uh, from the time he was younger and could play basketball, we would go outside and hoop some more, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. And I, then I you definitely played, think it helped. you played college ball. What was it like? Um, playing at a small school, you know, playing college ball at a small school there. Um, what were your experiences like? It was fun. I mean, our, I was only five, seven, you know, maybe not even that tall. That's probably being a little too generous, but, um, I, I played at a small school and had a blast. We had less than a thousand students in the school, mm -hmm. but I feel like the basketball games were one of the few activities, not only on campus to go to, but in the area. Yeah. Um, so man, the gym was packed every single time. And so it was a really cool atmosphere. It was a smaller gym when I played there. Um, so man, the fans got hyped. We had something, we were the Eagles. So they had something called the bird cage and it got pretty rowdy in there. You couldn't hear anything, you know? So, um, it, it was, it was a fun experience in that sense. And then, um, I had the chance to win a few awards and go to nationals a couple times, which I would have never gotten the opportunity to yeah. do elsewhere, you know? So that was pretty cool. I remember when I played um, Christine, of course, thought I was the greatest basketball player to ever live. <laughs> of course. <laughs> and um, so I remember one time, you know, I'd scored a, quite a few points in a game, and she said, do you think, you know, you could ever, like, make it in the NBA? You know, she had no <laughs> clue. And I was like, uh, I wouldn't even sniff the bench of a D1 team or even D2, let alone the NBA. Well, you were like, so. yeah, I, I, I could have, but. <laughs> yeah. I heard my knee, my knee blew up. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I had an injury, injury. That, that held me back from I making could, it to the NBA. I used to dunk, do the 360 windmill. Yeah. It is funny, though, like watching the NBA, your perception is that everyone's normal height because they're all pretty much the same height. Yeah. 
And then, you know, I'm 6'5", and I would be a shorter guy on the roster, right. you know, which is crazy. Yeah. And then you throw about. in the athleticism these guys have. Oh, it's, it's just, unbelievable. Yeah. And don't, you know, John's trying to, he, he's a good ball player. He's, you know, he's, he's trying being to, modest. He's, he's being modest, like saying, you know, I'm 5'7", and I played, he's a good, he, and he could still hoop. He could, he's still pretty quick, so. I don't know about that. We'll, we'll, we'll give it to you, John. <laughs> anyone, anyone on here, any one of our listeners who wants to play him one-on-one, you can find him in Lancaster, California. Challenge him oh, there. He's, and, throw, uh, he's throwing out his, uh, his location. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's your Instagram? What's your Instagram? What's your address? I said Lancaster. They're not going to find you. He'll find you. Um, and so you went from you went from playing and then you know, jumping into the, the realm of coaching. You know, it just, you know, even me and even Ryan as well, like we went from playing the sport to now coaching the sport. And you coach you've had the opportunity to coach in high school and at the college level. Just talk about like the difference between the two of them, you know, coaching high school players versus college players, how much of a change or difference it is, or if it's big or small. Um, man, I, I really loved coaching both you and I actually Terrell coached for a few years at the varsity level. And so I, I think I coached high school five or six years and then college for four. Um, I don't know that I'd pick one over the other. I think the college level is definitely more time consuming, a lot more prep, a lot more, I think goes into it. Um, but the ability to be able to mold some of the games down at the ninth and 10th grade level, um, I think was, was super important and a lot more fun. You know, they, they definitely listen to you a lot more mm-hmm. than some of the college players, but, uh, man, we had some great college players that were, you know, not only great kids, um, but great basketball players and a lot of fun to be around and stuff too. I, I think probably the biggest difference was um, dealing with the parents. And I can definitely be more um, sympathetic uh, yeah. now that I have my own parent <laughs> or my own kids. Yeah. And I know how I get when she's out there playing soccer and I think she's the greatest player out there, you know. Um, Why didn't she get more minutes, coach? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, good night. Some of the delusional parents that you deal with, I think, yeah. made it the hardest. I mean, even the kids, they're cool about it, you know, only playing two and a half minutes a game. But their parents think they should be playing all 32 yeah. in a high school game. So, um, but yeah, I love both of them equally. And man, cool. coaching is awesome. It's fun to do. And you had, you know, you're, you're talking about the parents in, in, in college. Were there any of the college kids whose parents were like the same way. Like oh yeah. There, there were a couple. Yeah. <laughs> like for the most part, they're grown men. That, right. You know, there are some that, yeah, you know, there are still. some mama boys, mama's boys out there. Um, yeah, I won't name any names, but it's funny to watch. It's like, I thought I got rid of this in high school. You know? <laughs> Why am I dealing with this? You're 21 years old. Like you don't need your mom fighting your battles for you. Exactly. That's so funny. All right. We're going to transition into boxing here. And probably the most important question that we're going to ask you today. What is your favorite boxing movie? Oh, man. <laughs> um, probably the Rocky movies. And then I really liked Southpaw. I don't yeah, know I was if you guys like that. that. I was going to yeah. bring it up. Um, but the Rocky movies obviously are classics. Uh, the first one, probably my favorite. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, I thought Southpaw was really good. You guys are not going to believe this, but I still haven't seen Creed. So Either one really? of them, huh? Either no, one? either one of them. Wow. So can I even call myself a boxing fan? <laughs> you cannot. You cannot. No, Creed is I need great. To watch you you that, need to watch it. Because I heard it's fantastic. pretty awesome. I, yeah, I, really I, someone was telling me the other day that uh, Michael B. Jordan actually took that punch when he got knocked out and yeah. got knocked out cold. Um, so he was showing me the clip, and I was like, "Dude, that's crazy! I've got to see that movie." Wow, which so. which Rocky is with Drago? Is it is it four? Four. Okay, Rocky, yeah, Rocky four. four. That's probably my favorite. I think Rocky Four would be my favorite. one. I haven't seen those in a while. I need to sit down and I should have like done that marathon. during COVID <laughs> shutdown. You know, <laughs> could have prepared yourself for this episode. Inter- <laughs> introduce my young daughters to Rocky. No, yeah, Rocky definitely. Those are. Such such great movies and Creed, man. You gotta watch Creed. Yeah, Unbelievable. I, I was gonna say um Warrior, but I forgot that was no, yeah, that MMA. Was MMA. But do you like that movie? Yeah. Such that's a good, good movie. Yeah, that's that's a good, good movie. movie. I was ashamed to even say I haven't seen Creed. Creed. <laughs> <laughs> just, just we're just going downhill. Thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> man. So yeah, I, I, I like um have you guys seen Hurricane? Denzel Washington? Mm, no, I haven't. Yeah. Is that an old one? Yeah. F- Probably maybe late 90s, early 2000s, somewhere around there. I don't know. That's a good one. He's one of my favorite actors. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we were talking about I gotta watch I think that. we were talking about that the other day. Yeah, Monday's about, episode. He's, yeah, yeah. He's uh, he's never had a bad movie. No. Talking about He Got Game. Ooh, that's a good one. Ray Allen. Yep. Yeah. Such a good movie. 
So speaking of boxing, you know, we talk about boxing movies now, you know, when did you really start becoming a boxing fan or when did you really get into it? Was it when you were in the Philippines? Yeah. So when, you know, I was a big basketball fan at the time, I told you I loved Jordan. So that was like the final years of their dynasty. So I remember we would always watch the Pacers, Bulls, Knicks, Bulls during that time. Um, And then the Sonics, obviously, that that year in 96. So we were huge basketball fans. That's pretty much all we watched. Football came on occasionally over there, so we got to watch a little bit of that. But then I remember, I think it was 96, when um, Tyson fought Holyfield for the first time. And that was a wild fight. And then the second fight when... Holyfield got his ear bit off. <laughs> then I was hooked, <laughs> you know, like this is awesome. This is unbelievable. Um, but I, I think that's probably when we first started. I think those were the first fights I ever watched. And I, I really liked Lennox Lewis. I don't know if you guys remember him, big old heavyweight mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. Um, Britain. Uh, I, I liked him too. But then I didn't really watch boxing for a few years after that. You know, there wasn't really a huge heavyweight, I guess. And if they were, they were kind of at the tail end of their careers. But then um, when Manny burst onto the scene in 2001, I think that's when I just started getting interested in boxing again because we were from the same place he was. I mean, mm-hmm. he was literally, you know, right down the street. And um, he had kind of become a household name in the Philippines. He wasn't known around the world yet then. But um, so we, we kind of got interested in that. And we had also seen him at the airport and other places in the city. And yeah, yeah. Uh, my brother, I don't know if you've ever seen the picture he posted of him when he was like, yep. you know, I don't know, six years old or something, maybe even younger, standing there with Manny at the airport. And that was a cool picture. But, um, you know, we, we really idolized him early on in his career before he became world-renowned. Before he became what he is now. Yeah, and I haven't r- missed any big fights since, I don't think. Wow. So, Yeah, yeah I, I've, I'm i a new fan of boxing. Uh, but the when I, when I went to experience it live was unlike anything I'd any sports event I've ever experienced just the atmosphere the energy it you just you get hooked immediately and uh since then I just like I'm so even even now it's made me love MMA now Mm -hmm. and just fighting in general has been it's so cool once you experience that I feel like one time such a great environment yeah it's a lot of fun um boxing popularity kind of took you know a little bit of a dip in uh in the United States uh, in the uh, like the early 2000s, what, why do you think that was? Why do you think it it kind of started going down? I mean, you may, you already kind of named a little bit. There were maybe some heavyweights that dropped out and stuff like that. But what do you think the reasons were there? I'm not really sure. I I guess a couple thoughts I would have is that they seem to move more and more into the pay per view model, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and that kind of diminished fans. Although the, although they were making probably more money for themselves and the fighters, you know, not many, not as many people were watching. So, uh, I think they lost a huge fan base there because it seemed like, you know, every other big fight was on pay-per-view. So I think they lost a lot of their mainstream fans through that. Whereas before they were only having like really huge fights on pay-per-view and not as many, um, during the last 20 years or so. But so there's the, there's the trade-off there of, you know, making more money, but having less fans. I think the other thing was a lack of a polarizing figure. Cause you had Mike Tyson who was like, you know, if he was fighting, you were watching kind of yeah. like Conor McGregor, you know, you weren't missing his fight, whether you loved him or hated him. Um, so after he left, I don't think it was until Floyd showed up that you just kind of dropped everything to watch someone fight. Um, because with Floyd, there was no middle ground. Either you loved him, you were a fan or you just yeah. hated him mm-hmm. and wanted to see him lose. So, um, I think that, you know, those two things coupled together, probably yeah. lack of a polarizing figure and all hmm. the pay-per-views. Where are you at with Floyd? Um, <laughs> cause you said you're on one of two grounds. So I, I want to always, see where you're yeah, at. <laughs> I respect Floyd. I mean, what he's done is amazing. Yeah. I, I do think he dodged some people, you know, but, uh, he's smart. He's a businessman and you know, He's, he's, he's a pretty good fighter. <laughs> You're yeah. trying to be real careful. <laughs> no, I, I, and he's great. Yeah, I think he, he probably beat Manny fair and square. Um, mm. I didn't think it was a great fight because yeah. I thought there was you know a little too much running around, backing yeah. up, too much of a defensive fight, which is not Manny's game. Um, but, yeah, you got to respect Floyd. I mean, you know. Yeah, I would, a agree, great fighter. I would agree with you on that. You know, the Great walk- boxer. Sorry, not great fighter. <laughs> <laughs> 
the the popularity of boxing because it was wasn't always just like the Friday night fights. They were always on you know like ESPN or something like that. You'd see you know the smaller level fighters, the lower level fighters, and then yeah, they just started to get to more. Of, it just became pay per view and and stuff like that. But even the polarizing figures too, I really didn't think too much about that. But you're right. I mean, there really wasn't like there's maybe like De La Hoya or something like that. But but other than that, there wasn't a real big name in boxing. And so it kind of took this big dip. I almost feel the same, like, even with UFC mm-hmm. right now, it's where, I mean, it still has got its, you know, fans, its loyal fans. But I think for the casual fans, there's really, McGregor's not really around or there wasn't, you know, go way back to like GSP or uh, Randy Couture or right. some of those guys. Like, they're missing that big, that big name. So... I know I got on, I started to get on board. Like you would tell me all the time, like, oh, boxing is great. Boxing is great. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Boxing's fine. It's whatever. But I think the first, like one, not one of the first, like when I started to really watch was we watched uh, Canelo versus um, versus Mayweather. Mm-hmm. We were up in Big Bear. I think it was. We were in Big Bear and uh, Canelo was training. And we happened to be there at the same time Canelo yeah. was training. I remember that. And uh, some, I can't remember one of our friends. I think it was like Paul or something like that was like, hey, he was on Instagram. He was like, hey, Canelo's like training right nearby. And then was it was it Sugar Shane? Yeah. His dad Sugar or Shane something Mosley, like that yeah. or him? Yeah. It was like he was training at his house. We had saw him running around. And then like we had got to see Canelo like right before he got to warm up. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Like this that is cool, that's a yeah. legit boxer. So we were watching that fight and I was like, but the energy just of us watching a fight. And then I think the first boxing match I went to was Pacquiao versus Bradley Mm -hmm. three. I think it was the third one I went to or the second one. I can't remember. But like, like we said uh, a few episodes ago, like boxing matches by far are the best sporting events that that you could go to. Even just for me, just being a casual fan going into it for the first time. And being a diehard Laker fan and being at some pretty big Laker games where I've seen some buzzer beaters and some big moments, I, I mean, I have to be honest, like boxing was unlike any of those experiences. Um, so it really does. It just, man, it, it can tie anyone into it. It's yeah. so intense. I think it's the anticipation, you know, of yeah. like what could happen and that, yeah. you know, you've got a basketball game, you know, okay, this is going to be 48 minutes long. You know, there's a winner or loser or whatever. Go grab some popcorn yeah. real quick. I'll come back. Like I might miss a dunk, mm-hmm. but you know. But man, boxing, you could go get popcorn and, and come back over. and that dude's still out, you know? <laughs> yeah. So I, I think that's part of it. Yep. Yeah. They're, they're fun events to attend. Everyone loves seeing a knockout. Everyone. Yes. So do you think the rise of social media has helped boxing kind of get to the next level? Because, I mean, anytime I see a clip on Instagram or Twitter or anything and I see it's boxing, I hope and pray that it's a knockout (laughs) because I just love viewing it. You think that's really been a huge bonus just for boxing and really has helped it to take it to the next level these past 10 years oh yeah i think it's helped all the sports really you know because we can see all those house of highlights you guys probably follow that i mean you see the clips and you kind of look forward to those but um yeah definitely because i think you've got a guy like you know let's say terrence crawford who is almost like the Kawhi leonard of boxing you know he's super boring not a huge personality but he's very very talented and i don't think he's ever lost the fight um so i think just social media has has helped build him into a brand where mm. if he fought 20 years ago, you know, we probably wouldn't even know the name or care about him that much. Because he's not he's, super charismatic. No, yeah, but like he's that. one of the top welterweights in the world um, and is a very dangerous fighter. But I, I think it's definitely helped with him. And then you think of guys like, you know, Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury who already have pretty big personalities. I mean, mm-hmm. social media just takes them, them to the to next that, yeah. level. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think fans, they get to know these guys more and see them, you know, more intimately and how they live their lives and stuff. And I just think it helps every sport, but yeah, definitely boxing for sure. Yeah. Cause even guys like, you know, I wouldn't, like you'd mentioned Deontay Wilder, even a young guy like Ryan Garcia, where you, you really don't really care much about the, or you don't hear about them until they've got that first mega fight. You know, but now you get to follow, you know, like a guy I've been following a lot is Ryan Garcia. But, but watching that that whole build up, I'm like, OK, when is he going to have his mm-hmm. big 
his big fight, when's it coming, you know, whatever. I wouldn't hear about a guy like him until, you know, he's 25. Right. There's, this, there's this other guy that someone was telling me about the other day. His uh, nickname is White Chocolate. Um, I forget his actual name. I'd never heard <laughs> of like the Jason guy. Williams? It's, <laughs> somebody showed me a video of his, like, top five knockouts, and I'm like, wow. Hmm. Like, this guy, I've got to see his next fight, you know. That's kind of how it was with Connor too, yeah. um, when I first started following him. But, um, yeah, because of that, because I saw that video on social media, now I'm going to make sure I watch yeah. his next fight because he was super exciting, you know. Yeah, I think that's a good point you made, T. You know, before it was almost, like you said, once they have that big fight, now you're now you're interested and invested in that boxing. Mm-hmm. Well, now you're not only excited when that happens, but you're anticipating that big fight happening, which makes, which draws you in so much more. So social media really has done a good job. Like you said, with all sports, but specifically with mm-hmm. boxing, I think has helped it to take it to the next level. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I know like a lot, I know like me, I was in that, it was in that boat early on of people who was like boxing's dying or dead. I remember we had conversations early on, like when we were coaching together, um, you know, and I was like, ah, no one watches boxing. It's dead or it's dying. Like, what 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 did you say to people then and what do you say what do you say to people now who are like eh, boxing's like it's dead it's dying it's really not cool i i got it when people would say that because it was frustrating as a boxing fan cuz you had like your you know wbc wba wbo and yeah. it's like well who's, who's even the <laughs> champ like yeah. what does that even mean um so you had all these promoters and you didn't have like one person or one commissioner over the sport who said, okay, you're going to fight him and that's going to be for the world championship, you know? So you, you had all these cherry picked fights. So it was frustrating because, I mean, it's not like they're fighting once a week, you know, some of them are fighting two or three times a year. So if they fought a cherry picked fight in April, you might not see another fight till November. And then that one might be cherry picked. It just got frustrating not seeing the best put up against the best. And so... Um, I, I totally understood why people got frustrated because then you had the UFC on the up and up and they were, you know, pitting the best against the best and they were great fights all the time because you had that one, you know, commissioner. So um, I, I think for a while that people were just disinterested because of the lack of really good fights. I think good fighters were dodging other good fighters and, um, you know, so I, I do think it was kind of tailing off for a while. But I think it's starting to make a resurgence, and I think a lot of that has to do with the heavyweights that we yeah. love to watch. You know, I mean, Tyson Fury, Deontay mm-hmm. Wilder, you know, Joshua. Um, I don't know if you guys saw the fight when Garcia knocked out Joshua, but that was one of the craziest mm-hmm. fights I'd ever seen. That was the one he was stumbling. He kept stumbling oh, yeah. back. He going in and out, in right? Because yeah. this Garcia guy comes in. I mean, he. You know, he looks like he wasn't going to last two rounds against Joshua, and then he caught him in the third round, and it was over. I mean, Joshua. This is where Joshua came in with like the suit of armor or whatever. Yeah. That, yeah. Yep. I mean, it was probably one of the biggest upsets yeah. in the last fifteen years, um, and for it to be a heavyweight championship too, I think you know that when you've got worldwide, when you've got stars from overseas, and you've got stars here in the states, that makes it even more compelling. Yeah. So, I think it's it's on the rise again, and hopefully they'll continue to put together these really big fights. Yeah, I I, I kind of do think like boxing does need more of the heavy. Like once the heavyweights are back, it becomes a lot more polarizing because oh, yeah. it it's had this phase of like ten twelve years where it was the lightweights, the middleweights, the welterweights mm-hmm. are like, and so they had to because of the little, they were the little guys they they had to let their you know their mouth do the talking, their personality do the talking. You know, like guy like Floyd you know, or something like that, or, you know, Danny Garcia, these guys who were just like, oh, you know, they had, their personality had to do it, you do with it. That's how they got their followers. Whereas I feel like now these big dudes who have personalities as well, but now you're seeing knockouts. Yeah, there's and nothing that's like what heavyweight people, fight. That's what people want to see. <laughs> we've, we've talked uh, a little bit about the fan experience, kind of what it's like. We've mentioned a lot about that, but I, I kind of want to know, hearing from you, John, what are what's what's maybe the top two top three best fights that you've seen in person and how how many have you been to you think you've been o- over 20 or over over 15 over 10 yeah, 15 or 20 i think really? um i see i've been to an nba playoff game nhl mlb playoffs 
college football playoff we went together i think yeah um i've been to those and they're they're all you know because you love sports yeah like they're yeah. all great atmospheres but fights like terrell said a minute ago are just different and so i think like i mentioned a few minutes back the the build up and the anticipation mm-hmm. and not knowing what could happen at any moment yeah is huge and then there's just a buzz especially in vegas mm-hmm. um there's a buzz that you just can't explain, you know? I remember during Mayweather-Pacquiao fight week, it was like we would go on like Sunday, Monday, or Tuesday early in the week and spend the whole week there. And I remember on like Monday or Tuesday of fight week, you were walking down the strip or going into a restaurant. That's all anybody was talking about. I mean, you just hear people everywhere, hey, who you got this week? Or I think Pacquiao's going to win because of this. Or I think Mayweather's going to win because... And there was just this buzz around the whole city for that one fight and it just had a crazy feel to it and then um ufc 200 was the same way Hmm. um we got to go to that that was i know connor was supposed to be there (laughs) fighting that night which was really disappointing because he backed out but um we still had got to see some awesome fights and the buzz was pretty awesome for that so i would say that that was a pretty awesome fight to go to one of the other ones was um and this one might be a little underrated, was Canelo Khan. When <laughs> it's, yeah. Amir Khan, you know, came up in weight, and everybody at the time was like, you're crazy, man. You have no chance against Canelo. Well, he gets into the fight, and he's a very he's got very fast hands, mm-hmm. and he's a very good boxer. And so he was leading through the first few rounds, just based on points alone. You know, he yeah. wasn't landing any big shots, but um, you knew Canelo was going to come around and, you know, turn it on eventually but it was a one-punch knockout and it was probably the best one i've ever seen um because he just amir khan threw something and so he was leaning in and canelo just caught him so good and khan was on the floor for you know 30 45 seconds he was out cold so I think just that knockout, the one-punch knockout, it was at the T-Mobile Center, yeah. one of the first fights held there, you know. It was just a crazy atmosphere. That was probably um, one of the top five fights I've been to. When there's when there's a, a punch thrown like that and a knockout, what is the reaction from the fans in that moment? Was it more crazy energy and people going wild or was it did it get quiet or what what was the the energy like in the building when that happened the energy was crazy you know everybody's going wild especially because you had a lot of the canelo fans there um you had a lot of brits too you know because Mm -hmm. that's where amir khan lives but um they were going wild and then i think one of the best parts is watching the replay like 12 times you know on (laughs) the big screen because every time yeah (laughs) high def slow motion and you see it and you just all the fans are going oh you know every single replay and so um yeah it's the the reaction is pretty awesome and then everybody's walking out of the arena you know talking about what just happened and just the whole experience is crazy Probably the worst fight I've ever been to. <laughs> it was it was the most exciting and the worst at the same time was when Manny got knocked out by Oof. Marquez. Yeah. Um, because it was a highly anticipated fight. The first three were pretty controversial. And um, Manny was still favored. They both looked great, but Marquez looked really good. You know, he was I think thirty nine or forty, but he had you could tell he put on some weight and um, was looking strong. So came into that fight. And he hadn't knocked Manny down in in their previous three fights, but he does it in the first couple rounds of this fourth fight. And so me as a, you know, not only a Manny fan, but like knowing him, it just made it terrible. And so it was half and half Manny fans, Marquez fans. The place was going crazy. And I thought, no, this is not good. But then Manny bounces back in the fifth round Mm -hmm. and knocks Marquez down. And so now it's like, okay, here we go. Well, then Manny just starts landing at will, and he breaks Marquez's nose. And you could tell Marquez is just bleeding from his nose. It's bad. I mean, Manny's landing some really powerful left-hand shots. And then he got a little too careless and leaned forward in the last second of the sixth round. And we all know what happened after that. (laughs) It still hurts to watch replays and stuff. But I remember sitting there and just like, burying my hand my head in my hands because that was tough to watch yeah you know so it was it was the most exciting fight i've ever been to because it was just an all-out brawl yeah Uh, there was no backing up both guys were going at it the whole time 
but then for it to end like that was was pretty brutal it's uh it's crazy like we hadn't we hadn't talked about this before time and i don't know if you heard some of our previous episodes but it's funny like you mentioned some of your favorite fights that i've mentioned in previous episodes are some of my favorite fights <laughs> talking about ufc 200 yeah you know and and we had been we had went to both of those together ufc 200 and then the canelo con fight and and like you said ufc 200 the energy was insane for it to be because the main was uh amanda nunez and misha tate yeah. was like the main event yep and we hadn't heard of Amanda Nunes mm-hmm. yet. I mean, now she's probably the best female fighter of all time. Um, but, but she, you know, still it was crazy energy in there. Connor was there. I forget. Connor showed up. We had gone down. We hadn't got to go down and we were like near the octagon and we were like, Tom Brady was there and Justin Timberlake was there <laughs> and Connor we were high five. We we're trying to high five as many people as he can. And Connor, like, we got to, like, dap up with Connor. And we were like, ah, ah, we were freaking out. <laughs> oh, we that was so we awesome. huge Connor fans at yeah. that time. And we were like, I'm never going to watch this again. <laughs> like, we were, like, a little fanboying over it. I think I became an even bigger <laughs> Connor fan. Because didn't he, like, walk down an entire tunnel yeah, to come all to the come way to the see, end? To come like, see he could have just turned into the tunnel. But... He came down towards us, and I was like, "That's oh man, that was awesome." Is that the night you talked to Dana, Dana White? Dana White too. too. <laughs> like I was like shook hands with Dana White, and I was like, "Man, you put on a great fight." This is so. I, I had probably a thirty second conversation <laughs> with him. He's smiling he ear to so ear, cool. like he was like, "Wow, man, that means a lot." <laughs> it, was just, it was it was so cool that that one, and then the con fight. Just watching, just seeing the eye, his eyes roll to the back of his mm. head when he just dro- I mean, he dropped him, and. Like I, like I said in early, you know previous episodes, Mexican fans are some of the best fans. Oh, they, it was they were they were going crazy. <laughs> the the cheering, the the beer showers everywhere. Like it was, oh, yeah. dude. It was been to Dodger Stadium. <laughs> yeah, experience. Oh, but, a, uh, it's awful. But that one, and then yeah, we brought up uh, the the Pacquiao Marquez fight in an, in another episode. Um, just even watching that back like on replays it it is chilling you know just but uh but yeah because it wasn't a tko i mean poor manny laid there for it felt like 10 minutes you know but he was just out cold marquez landed a perfect punch right on the nose i you know back to the pacquiao mayweather as far as atmospheres go Mm -hmm. that trumps everything you know because you had you know, you're looking up at the board at every celebrity walking in and it's like, okay, there's Denzel. Wow. There's Robert Kraft. Wow. Here comes Tom Brady. Here's Michael Jordan. You know, everybody, you know, it's, you know, there are a lot of people there when Jeremy Lin's sitting up in like the two hundreds, you know? (laughs) (laughs) And so, um, man, just seeing all the celebrities there that night and the feel, I know the fight turned out to be kind of a dud. Yeah. Um, not very exciting, but the atmosphere beforehand, from start to finish, from like 4 p.m. during the undercards till the fight started, mm-hmm. it was just like amazing. Did you have better seats than Jeremy Lin? I think I did. Yeah. <laughs> like, like looking back at Jeremy, yeah. just like waving at him. You play in the NBA. <laughs> I have much better seats than you. That's Jeremy, yeah, if you're listening to this, <laughs> you had a better seat than I did. I was at home yeah. watching. I was at home too. Yeah, watching. Those, those seats were hard to come by. Oh, yeah. That's crazy. Well, even the hundred dollar pay per view wasn't wasn't. Uh, Trolls like that was hard to come by. Yeah, hard to come by. <laughs> so getting, leave my getting, account. Getting like, everyone to pitch in for, for the hundred dollar. Ten dollars each. It's ten dollars each. You were trying to cancel <laughs> through like the fourth round. Yeah. Calling call your bank. <laughs> it's a fraudulent yeah. purchase. <laughs> Somebody jacked can my you, card. Can you take it back. Oh man. Oh, um, man. What is uh as we kind of finish up talking about this right here what what has boxing done other than social media um, to attract new fans? What do you think that boxing has done to to kind of boost up and, and attract new fans there i I don't know if you've ever heard the name Al Heyman, but um, mm-hmm. they say he's one of the most powerful guys in not just boxing but all of sports I mean he's got a lot of connections, hmm. and I think he was very instrumental in putting more fights on Fox. And on ESPN and ESPN Plus, I think that was huge. I mean, 
even uh, the Pacquiao Horn fight in I forget what year that was. I think 2017. Yeah. That was just on regular ESPN and it got huge ratings, you know. Um, I think they need to do more of that. And obviously you'll probably never get away from the pay-per-view model because that just brings in the money. Yeah. And that's how you put together these big fights and get those get the best fighters to fight each other, I guess. But I think doing more of that and occasionally putting a huge fight on Fox and just maybe compensating some of that pay-per-view money with advertisers and stuff like that i think they've done a much better job of that in the last five years and i think all of that is because of al Heyman. so hopefully that keeps up and then you know making a big deal about all these heavyweights that as long as they keep pushing those guys they'll be fine so as we talk about big heavyweights and big fights you know that tyson's coming back to fight against uh against uh roy jones and uh I'm kind of looking forward to that fight. It's part of their legends only league. I think uh, it's like, it's the first, it's the first event in that. And uh, I've seen some of the, the clips of Tyson, you know, just, I, I'm scared to, to, to come across Tyson. I mean, the way he's just, just throwing all at these, uh, whatever the little sparring pads, you know, throwing these, throwing these hits, um, you know, so you got the Tyson, you know, return to boxing um, through the years. We've seen some greats, boxing comebacks you know you look at muhammad ali coming back to boxing you know after him um, refusing to join the military and then you got you know foreman coming back and and, and mayweather pacquiao what, what, are, what are some of the best in your uh, opinion some of the best boxing comebacks you've seen i think probably the most recent one is tyson fury i mean yeah. um you talk about a polarizing figure <laughs> that guy just he's one of the best trash talkers in the fight game today and he just knows how to get under someone's skin. But I didn't he gain like a hundred pounds or something? Yeah, maybe he lost even 112 more. Hundred and twelve pounds. Okay, so he yeah he put on all of that weight, and then I forget which fight it was where Wilder won the title, and he posted on social media. Fury did, and he said, "I'm I'm coming for that belt," you know. And you're thinking like, dude, <laughs> you literally weigh like four hundred pounds. <laughs> we you <know>? saw you. <laughs> yeah, nice try. But he did it, you know, and he came back and he looked great. And um, what he's done in the last two years is pretty awesome. I'm a huge fan just because um, I like the way he fights. I like his confidence and his trash talk and stuff like that. But um, he's he's probably been one of the best. I think um, Holyfield, you know, when he came Mm -hmm. back and fought Tyson, um, he had lost some big fights. And when he came back and fought Tyson in 96 and 97, and you know beat him once fair and square and then the other time i guess by default but uh that was that was one of the best comebacks floyd obviously had a couple times where he came out of retirement and just Mm -hmm. looked like he never left you know he was flawless and always a great fighter and you know obviously still undefeated um you have to mention manny too i mean to be honest there was a lot of talk of him just hanging it up after he got knocked out by marquez yeah and I, I was one of those thinking, yeah, he's he's never coming back. Like, that was probably it. Hmm. And it kind of scared me, you know. I was such a big Manny fan. Um, and then to come back a year later, I think it was in Macau, China, and just destroy Brandon Rios, who at the time was a really good, you know, welterweight boxer, but he just made him look, um, you know, like a maybe top 25, top 30 kind of guy and just destroyed him and for him not to go into that fight scared to get knocked out or anything again, I think that was a huge comeback. And then he knocked out Algieri and then went on to get the um, went on to to beat Bradley and then Bradley a third or a second time and Pacquiao Bradley three and then got the Mayweather fight and has done pretty well since then. You know. Yeah, because wasn't Manny after after the knockout? Wasn't that when you know all the stuff like financial troubles and stuff like that? Was it after that fight or when he like? started to be you know become more christian and stuff like that was it after that fight or before that no it was before that it was actually pacquiao marquez three okay when um he had kind of hit rock bottom yeah you know jinky was about to probably leave him um or at least take a break for a while because you know he wasn't living the best life but um then after he hit rock bottom that's when everything just turned around for him and you know, he, he became a Christian and a very outspoken one at that and totally turned his life around. And you talk to people that have been with him since, like, 
early 2000s mm-hmm. and they'll just straight up tell you like i've never seen anybody do a 180 like that in their life wow. you know because he, he lived a pretty rough life he made a lot of money but he sure spent a lot of money um but to see what god has done through his life and in his life i mean it's just been pretty awesome yeah that i mean because we talk about comebacks like that was that was a cool one to watch from a distance you know just having relationships with people who were inside manny's camp and then just even just as a casual sports fan to watch watch the comeback the turnaround um was pretty cool but even even guys like a you know mike tyson or a tyson fury like we're just talking about him losing all the weight it's like man like there's still a level of motivation as a fan to like okay maybe in my small little circle my small little world like i need to like turn some things around or change some things around to um you know cool to watch i even think of you know the ali fight you know him coming back you know you know we we know he refused to go to the military during the vietnam war you know stripped of all of his titles and then to come back and set up that fight of the century um was just against uh against uh joe frazier back in the the early 70s was uh was a sweet comeback too and i mean he's we we haven't done an episode on like favorite athletes of all time but he's got to be you know one of my favorite probably top 10 favorite athletes of all time yeah i mean i think if you took a poll he would be man top one or two easily three yeah, yeah top athletes ever all sports yep he would be definitely a top three yeah. Top three athlete. I mean, just even the, the quotes. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It, in and of itself. Very yeah. rarely do you get someone that's so talented and so eloquent, you know, yeah. and such a great trash talker even. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's a very rare breed. Yeah, so many, attrib- so many attributes that just makes you, oh, man. makes people like drawn to him and yep. love him as an athlete. And there is something to that, like you mentioned before, you know, even with these great trash talkers, they, they are so smart because it's like, you, I mean, you love them or you hate them, but no matter if you love them or hate them, you still watch them. Exactly. <laughs> and they're still... That's what was so great about Floyd. Yeah. Man. He, the way he talked and bragged and He stuff might have more people hate him than love him. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. But even if you hate him, if you see if you see the money team, you know, yep. in LA or at a hotel, you're still going to go up and be like, Floyd, Floyd, Floyd. <laughs> exactly. Like, I hate him, but when I see him in person, I want a picture with him. I want yeah. to get that video of him walking right in front of me, you know? Absolutely. Um, so they they've done a, such a good job. Are you repeating? That. Like, did I ever tell you that story or something? <laughs> I was like, I feel like you're repeating a story that literally just happened to me. I mean, it didn't just happen to me. It was like a few years ago. We were at a uh, Spurs Clippers game, and uh, you know, whatever we saw the Spurs after that game. But we were outside the JW, and then we see the uh, Bentley limo with the Money Team logo on it, and we're like, <laughs> Floyd's here. Where's where's Floyd? We literally sat out for like an hour waiting for Floyd to show up. They were like had some fight or whatever. And then you see the the money team bus pull up. And then there had to have been maybe 10 or 11 SUVs literally just shuttling out everyone on the like he he stood there curbside outside the Ritz Carlton waiting for everybody on the money team to get a ride. He was like, you got a ride. You got a ride. And I was like, wow, he really takes care wow. of his people. <laughs> like he got everybody. And then him and like three other people got on the, on the money team bus just by themselves. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's, that's Floyd for you. But, uh, but yeah, that was, that was, that was cool. Seeing, uh, seeing Floyd. And like you said, just it's Floyd. Yeah, you exactly. You gotta, you gotta something else. Him. I wonder if he'll come back and, do one last bite or maybe two who knows uh, yeah i don't know he's always keeping everybody on their toes he's trying to keep that unblemished record yeah i wouldn't be surprised though because he's drawn to the money they would he would get some extreme amount of money to come back and do you think he fights in this legends no. only league because because what from what i've read and, and heard about it it's kind of like a you know, all the legends from a particular sport, you know, compete in exhibition, like charity style matches. So like the the Tyson uh, Jones fight is all of the money's going to charity. Um, but they've talked about like Tyson has mentioned. No, like he would uh, not fight in that league. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you go. There's your answer. Maybe like five to ten percent. I wasn't really sure about what that league meant, but once you said charity, I knew right away he would not find that. <laughs> well, because I know like Tyson has said like he he said like oh you know maybe a one on one like Alan Iverson versus uh versus uh Meta World Peace or Meta Artest, and um 
And so then they talked about like John McEnroe versus like Venus Williams or something like that. Some <laughs> tennis match. So I was like, oh, that's interesting. And I was like, maybe Floyd. But now that you mention it, like giving money. Yeah. <laughs> you want me to find how much you're going to give me? Well, actually, we want to give this money to charity. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, a no, it's a no for me. Dog. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, we want to kind of transition and talk a little bit about the foundation. You know, obviously, that's a big reason why we brought you on and, and something, you know, an awesome thing you guys are doing and just kind of kind of hear a little bit about it. So what what led you to led you guys to starting the Manny Pacquiao Foundation? So as you probably know, Manny is a very generous person. I mean, I think part of it has to do with where he grew so up. So Manny will fight in the legends. Yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, he's never forgotten where he came from. But um and he's been that way his whole career. So the idea behind the foundation was that yeah, Manny and Jinky, they can do a lot, but their platform is so big that bringing other people on board and sharing that vision with others, you know, they could accomplish so much more with that. So um, what we've been able to do was is raise awareness for different projects, um, things that are close to Manny's heart, and then bring other people on board to do even more. And that's really been a game changer. I mean, we've got people from all over the world um, who give a, you know, a one-time donation or a monthly donation and they've gotten involved and that's been really cool to see and you know manny manny would give away everything he had if he could as far as i'm concerned i mean he's just a very giving person so um having the foundation and kind of like an organized way to distribute and give back and be a help to other people is is our main goal and that's why we started it what are some of the major projects that the foundation has um has done so um, right now we have multiple housing projects going on. Um, one is just strictly the Pacquiao Foundation, and then the other one is partnered up with Rotary International, um, which they do a lot of stuff in, you know, all over the world, but do a lot of stuff in the Philippines as well. So we have those going on in southern Mindanao, and those should be wrapped up by the end of the year. During COVID, um, you know, a lot of people went without food. Either they lost their job or they weren't allowed to leave, so they couldn't hmm. even access food. So um, we were able to feed nearly 30,000 families that just didn't have access uh, during the early months of the pandemic. Um, And then one of the biggest things we've done over the past six months is the Jack Ma Foundation, which I'm sure you're familiar with him. Um, He's a very philanthropic Mm -hmm. person as well. But he, um, through his foundation, the Jack Ma Foundation and Alibaba Foundation, gave over $10 million worth of PPE and so they gave that through the foundation. And so we've been helping distribute that all over the Philippines um, for, for the frontline workers and, you know, everybody in need. Um, one of our newest projects is we're helping rebuild three schools over there. And back in 2018, there were several schools in the northern area that were destroyed by a typhoon. Hmm. So um, for about two hundred fifty to $300,000 each, you can rebuild those schools wow. and just make them accessible again to those kids in the area. So we're hoping to finish two of those by the end of this year. And then um, the other one will probably be finished late 2021. So those are the biggest projects that we've had. Of course, we do a lot of disaster relief, mm-hmm. you know, because that's happening all the time over there. But um, a lot of earthquakes and stuff yeah, like earthquakes, that. Volcano really hit really hard um, back in early, I think it was January. So wow. we were able to help a lot with that. But what um, do, do as much as we can. Yeah, what? How can we find the Manny Pacquiao Foundation? How can our listeners, you know, those those uh, our listeners donate? What? Where can we go to to be involved there and to to support the foundation? So I would encourage. I mean, we tell everybody, you know, if the least you can do is follow us on our social media pages and just help spread, you know, the vision and um, raise awareness. Maybe share it on your page or something. We always have a project going on or sharing an update from that. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, um, or even on LinkedIn. And then we have our website, which is PacquiaoFoundation.org. And um, you can go on there, see a little bit about our projects and learn how you can be involved, whether a one-time donation, whether as a, um, a monthly supporter or even coming alongside and helping us raise awareness in other ways. So um, you can contact us through that website and, you know, we appreciate any support we can get. That's awesome. Yeah. So it's been a, it's been a great episode. I've had a lot of fun with yeah, this Yeah, that one. was a blast. So. Glad you guys had me on. Yeah, we really appreciate you uh, you making time out of your uh, out of your busy schedule to come down and, and record with us here. Oh, anytime. I enjoyed it.
Yeah, so we're looking out for the Pacquiao Foundation. A lot of big things coming up in the future. And um, we're excited to uh, to see what happens with the foundation. Hopefully Manny's got some fights coming up. Maybe in the Legends Only League. We'll, we'll see. Um, but again, once again, thanks for coming on, John. And thanks for listening to another episode of Water Break. We'll see you on the next one. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Water Break. New episodes are released every Monday. So don't forget to hit that subscribe button to be notified when a new episode is available. As you continue to listen to the podcast, we would love to hear from you. If you'd like to get feedback on the show or you have a topic you'd like us to discuss, send an email to waterbreakpod at gmail.com. Once again, that's waterbreakpod at gmail.com. We'll see you on the next episode of Water Break. Stay hydrated.